This is episode number 445 with Elliot Biznow. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome, everyone, to a special edition of the School of Greatness podcast. I am excited because I've got a good friend, Don. His name is Elliot Biznow, and he's the founder and managing partner of Summit. Now, Summit is the owner of Powder Mountain Resort in Eden, Utah, where the company is headquartered. Summit hosts dozens of gatherings a year, including Summit at Sea, which is where I first experienced this incredible organization. And Elliot is the advisor to the Summit Institute, whose mission is to apply creative solutions to real-world challenges related to the environment, education, the arts, health, and social innovation. And he also served on the United Nations Foundation Global Entrepreneurs Council and co-founded the Get Well Soon Tour. Now, we talk a lot about really how to cultivate and attract the world's biggest leaders and bring them together for a surreal experience. That's right. We talk about the art of creating surreal experiences. And I first met Elliot on a cruise, a cruise with the world's greatest leaders, celebrities, influencers, and tastemakers. And it blew my mind what he was able to put together in his mid-20s to bring these people together to create an experience that literally transformed the way I thought about business and life and relationships. It still is the greatest event that I've ever been to. And I learned so much about how to create experiences based on what they did a number of years ago. What we cover is why he and his partners bought a mountain in Utah and why they are building a city there. This is unbelievable what they did. Also, the best way to build relationships with highly influential people, why he dropped out of college to pursue his mission, and how to get A-list influencers to speak at your event. Also, the power of letting yourself dream as big as you can dream. Guys, I love this. Elliot's a great storyteller. He's got a great mind. He's so positive. And what he is creating and building is unbelievable. Not many people his age have created and cultivated communities the way that he has done. So without further ado, let me introduce to you the one, the only, Elliot Biznow. When it comes to family vacations, there are a million different trips you can take. You can get your own... Trip to Texas. Or if you prefer a vacation from your family, you can always get your own leave the kids with grandma. Yay! Trip to Texas. So go to traveltexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time consuming and difficult. That's where one travel comes in. With one travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. 
The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo. Yeah, you simply twist knobs, click gears, jiggle it, and then rip it off its moorings. And voila! Your prize is a key to a questionable home rental and maybe tetanus. When you just want to get your vacation started by actually getting into your room, it matters where you stay. At Hilton, we deliver your key right to your phone on the Hilton Honors app. Hilton for the stay. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got a great guest on today, Elliot Biznow. How you doing? Good to see you, brother. Super excited about this. Um, I met you, I, w- I want to say 2010. Was that the first summit at sea? 2011. 2011. And I'll always remember because it was the greatest three days of my life, probably. Like, there's a, there's only a few like three day experiences that I can remember and talk about with such level of uh, enthusiasm, and I still talk about that three days as like a catalyst for so many opportunities, connections, and just one of the most like unbelievable experiences. I remember like 3 a.m. There's like a laser show, and there's a couple hundred people on the uh, on the deck. We're in the middle of the ocean, and like Pitbull is performing with uh, um, DJ Irie and Axwell and some other stuff was happening. It was just like, what is going on? And it was such a cool experience. So I want to go back to kind of how it all started, Summit Series, and this vision for you and creating these influencer events because I think I read that you spent 65000 on a credit cards to throw your first kind of influencer events or dinners or events or parties. And how old were you when that started and why did you want to do these events? So I'll start in the middle. Okay. We have a company, there's about a dozen of us, and our biggest achievement to date is we did a conference right before Summit at Sea, and it was in the nation's capital. And um, we'd had about 700 people attend. And, you know, it was a nice business conference. There were, we'd achieved good speakers and great people coming. And we actually all huddled together and we said, we want to do something different. We want to do something. We're actually thinking about what to do. I actually met someone and they, they asked me a question one day, they were sitting down with me as we, and I was kind of telling them about summit and the vision. And, um, they said, let me ask you a question, Elliot, do you keep it real? And I was like, me, of course I keep it real. Mm. And they're like, everyone keeps it real. You need to keep it surreal. And so we had this little business. It'd been a few years. We had this conference that we'd done in the nation's capital. And we said, you know what? We're done. We're going to do something radically different. And we chartered a cruise ship. Mm. And it was about a million dollars to make the deposit. And because it wasn't wow. a hotel, we actually had to put up the money up front. And we literally took all of our collective savings, all of the company's Shut savings. Up. I mean, I don't know how close the bank account was to zero, but we were talking for weeks. We we're like, look, if nobody comes, we're going cruising. <laughs> for we a million dollars. We're going cruising. And um, I think the cost was more actually of the ship, but that was kind of the down payment. Yeah. And we, but, but we said, look, we want to do something different. I mean, there are, there are lots of business conferences. How can we keep it surreal? So we chartered the ship and we had this vision. We want to create a content, music, and arts festival. Mm-hmm. Um, on a cruise ship. On a cruise ship in the middle of the With ocean. our own private island, right? That went to, on day two, stopped at this uninhabited island. I we remember had, this. Richard Branson was one of the speakers and the roots were the house band. Yeah, yeah. And there were about... A, 1,200 people from across the globe who came. And um, 
you know, it goes to that mindset. It's okay if maybe 10% of the people don't get it or it's too far out there, it's over the top or they're offended. That's okay. As long as 90% of the people are blown away. Um, I think it's why, you know, Burning Man has had so much success. It's like, for all the people who don't like Burning Man, that's okay. There's 80,000 people a year (laughs) who say this is the greatest experience of my life. So that was our moment was we're going to do Summit at Sea. And um that was it, a game changer, man. It was life changing for so many people. It I'm, was just no one had ever heard of a, yeah. a, a an event on a ship and to with turn the off most, the connectivity. With the most, yeah, there was no wi. There was like talked about like, hey, you guys have Wi Fi, but there wasn't any that weekend, which was beautiful because we actually connected with each other. Yeah, we told everyone. We said, yeah, oh, I'm sure there'll be Wi Fi. Everything's <laughs> fine. It turned out there would have been if there weren't like a thousand people trying to get I out know, right. online at once. The I biggest remember, like tech nerds of the world. Yeah, yeah. There was one person that that demanded to speak to the captain of the ship. No way. I heard that he finally got to the captain. He said, we, we need to turn the ship around. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so um, That's hilarious. All right, so back up. How did we get to that point, to that, mm. to that ship with those 1,200 people? So I went to the University of Wisconsin. Um, I feel I was very normal, actually definitely below average. Why Wisconsin? Um, um, well, I grew up in Washington, D.C., uh-huh. and I just thought it was so different. I wanted to do something really, different. really different. And I... Um, it looked really fun. I didn't get into any of the six schools I applied to. I have a list of all my rejection like George, letters. Georgetown or... I applied to like ridiculous schools. Harvard and Yale. And I didn't go that high, but oh, I yeah. just remember they were like... <laughs> I think I applied to Princeton. Or, sure, um, sure. And I didn't get into any. So I had zero acceptances and I have all my letters. They're actually all ripped up. And they're like... Oh, but I, I, I somehow in... I don't know if a year later I found the ripped up letters, but somehow I saved them. And um, I went to Wisconsin. I actually played tennis growing up. Uh-huh. And so the uh, main reason I went there was tennis. But it just seemed like a really fun, great place. I loved it. What a cool yeah. spot. I didn't even know you could be an entrepreneur when I got to college. Uh, just, it wasn't even a word I'd, yeah. I'd heard or associated. Um, I had kind of this moment where I saw someone screen printing T-shirts when I was a freshman. I said, And I asked them who they worked for. And they said, I started my own business. Mm. I said, I don't understand, but who yeah. hired you to start the business? I kind of went through that whole thing, called my parents. I was like, what does this mean? Who does he work for? I had this, um, I had this very humbling moment on the tennis team where the year before I, I went to Wisconsin, I went to visit, and I met like the cool seniors. And then I was there freshman year, and the seniors came back, and now they're in the workforce. Mm. And I remember this one senior is like, Stay as long as you can at school. <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to go out there to the real world. It's bad out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really bad. And um, I just I got this entrepreneurial drive. I started kind of I started a little T-shirt company freshman year and uh, sophomore year. I started a little creative marketing company. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously those didn't work. We 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 like poured our hearts and tears into them for two years, one on each business. And I took all my savings. It wasn't very much savings, but I kind of plowed it into those. But I was learning and getting into the groove and figuring things out. And um, at the beginning of my junior year, I started a business with my dad called Bizna after our last name. Mm-hmm. And um, it was basically like a business insider or, or uh, you know, mm-hmm. tech crunch of commercial real estate. So it's kind of the who's who, People Magazine, Business Insider of what's happening in commercial real estate. So what's commercial real estate? That's every building you've ever been in that's not a residence is a commercial building. So your yoga studios in a commercial building. The restaurants you go to are in commercial buildings. There's this huge industry all over the world of people who build commercial buildings, the developers and the architects and the brokers and the contractors right. and the financiers, and nobody wrote about it. And my dad was a writer, 
and uh, he, he started writing about it and just started in Washington, D.C., where we're from. And I said, Dad, maybe I could sell advertising. Mm. So he signed me up, and I got my dream job. My first day ever was July 1st, 2006, commission only, 20% commission on anything I sold, and I got to be the advertising salesperson. And I was like, this is it, amazing I, I couldn't believe it. And I started waking up every day at like five in the morning wow. and I would hit the phones and I would cold call. I became like, you know, the cold calling king. Mm. And I was like, this is it. And I, uh, <laughs> I got my first sale on July 20th, 2006. I went into a, a real estate firm in Washington, D.C. It was a mm. summer break before my junior year of college. And I put three packages together for... Um, for four thousand, six thousand, or ten thousand dollars, because I'd heard the middle, they'll always pick the middle package. Yeah, yeah. And he, sure enough, he picked the silver package, six thousand dollars. I got twenty percent, and I remember leaving the like, meeting I'm like, rich. "This is crazy!" <laughs> and by the end of the summer, I'd sold like a uh, I'd the summer, I sold forty thousand dollars of ads, and um, and uh, by kind of the end of that first semester of junior year where I was approaching a million dollars of sales. Wow. And I, I was really just getting the groove of it. And I remember I had this day where I, got, I used to get so excited walking to class because there are these thousands of people walking to class. And it was just, it was, it was a great energy. It was like walking to a stadium. You know, I'd go to the, the football games and you, you feel like you're on this team with all these people. And so I'm walking to class every day and I just love it and this energy. And one day... I don't know why I had this moment. I just turned around and I like looked at all the faces, the thousand faces like streaming by me and I started walking the other way. Hmm. And I'm like, how am I ever going to be different if I'm just the same? Like if I'm just part of it, like think about how many amazing students there are everywhere. I mean, if I'm going to be a student, I need to do be a different type of student. And for me, I said, you know what? I got so much out of school. I, I really had a great, experience. I started my business there. I met some great people. Mm -hmm. I said, I don't think I'm going to achieve my dreams if I keep walking with everyone else where they're going. I'm going the other way. And um, that was it. I mean, I I, uh, I, I left. Did you I, go to I, class that day or did you keep walking? I don't remember. But I remember I <laughs> called my mom and I was like, you know, mom, you know, I know I've always said I'm not going to drop out of school. And she's like, are you going to drop out of school? I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> no. No, uh, no, yes, no, no. actually, yeah. You know, I'm going to take a break. I want to talk about <laughs> this thing called a leave of absence uh, where you just take a semester, you see how it goes. Anyway, yes, I dropped out of school. Right. Um, but it was with a real purpose. You know, people try to sometimes glamorize dropping out of school. It wasn't that at all. I mean, I was Mr. Discipline, super dedicated, up at 5 a.m. every day. Wow. You know, I didn't drink. I was just, I was just really focused, and I and, and I dropped out for a reason. I said school is to help you get squared away after high school. You know, when you're living in up until high school, you're living with your parents. So, right. college is to get you, you know, is to help you grow up, and it's to help you further your education. And I said it really helped me grow up. And my education is the school of life. And my education is I want to be great at business, and I'm getting that right now. Yeah. But I want to go 15 hours a day on it. And so that was it. It was a really thoughtful decision. And, um, and I left to start this business with my dad and mm. to pursue and continue the business, just cold calling, selling ads. Wow. And I just hit it. It was years. We actually, we got an office. So I went back to Washington, D.C. I got an office. It was this garbage office space. Um, 
but the address was, it was a shared office like where you can, you know, I had a little interior office I would sleep in the office a lot uh-huh. of nights but the address was 1601 Pennsylvania Avenue and the White House is 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue that's pretty cool so it was lit and it was actually across the street but I would tell people like hi this is Elliot Bisno I'm I'm here at our global offices at 1601 Pennsylvania Avenue <laughs> yes 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 the White House is across the street <laughs> um, you know I want to talk to you about right right one time we were at the shared office. One of my coworkers, I remember we were sleeping out. One time we got locked out at night. Like we were sleeping in the office and got locked out, you know, in our boxers and T-shirts. One time we thought it would be a good idea to cold call the directory of other companies in the shared office. That was a disaster. One time I had this spreadsheet. I would meticulously keep this spreadsheet of all the um, companies I was cold calling trying to sell advertising. And they had like really kind of ruthless notes, like you know, Lewis is amazing, definitely a hot prospect. You know, you know, Sarah is this, John is this, and it was, but it was all the notes. I accidentally sent a prospect my spreadsheet no instead way. of the PDF. Thank you. <laughs> I um, we didn't have you know Uber or anything then, so right. I did an advertising deal with a limo company, and I got free limo rides <laughs> in exchange for advertising. So I was just like, I was kind of just working like yeah, anything yeah, yeah. I could, selling ads, building the business. Mm. And um, yeah, and then uh, basically, you know, Summit Series, which, uh, which, uh, which is what that ship was, kind of spun out of that. So I was at that point, I'd been out of school for a year and a half and I'm, you know, about 23 years old. And I didn't know anyone. And I said, you know, in order to build this business, what I really need is I need relationships. I need contacts. I need ideas. I'm kind of like an island. I'm like siloed. I, just, I think there's other islands, but I, don't, I can't find them. And so I was just, I don't know why I was so into cold calling, but I started reading about people in different magazines and newspapers. Mm. Not a lot. Being, being an entrepreneur nine years ago, 10 years ago was not a thing. Not yeah. a thing. Like yeah. uh, I didn't know anyone in my high school who ever started right. a business. Well, certainly zero people started businesses in high school. I didn't even know anyone in college who started a business except this mm-hmm. one person I met. Um, but this idea, I'm going to cold call people mm-hmm. that I'm reading about. I read about Tom's Shoes. They'd only given away 10,000 pairs of shoes. And I literally cold called Blake, the founder of Tom's Shoes. And I read about Vimeo, which had just started in College Humor, and uh, Thrillist. Um, these are all just started. I just cold called the founder and said, hey, I started a business. I know you guys started businesses. Why don't we do this uh, a trip? Um, I called it the under 30 CEO summit. That was my best name I could come up with. And, uh, I said, I'll actually pay for all your flights out and I'll pay for the whole thing because I, I knew, I didn't think they would come otherwise. So the, uh, when I talked to, um, when I talked to uh, Ricky Van Veen, one of the co-founders of college humor and Vimeo, he actually thought it was so crazy what I was doing. He has this ongoing joke with his business partner, Josh, that, when they get someone who calls them who's so insane, what they do is they actually tell the person, they say, this is amazing. You're really onto something. And I can just tell you right now, get your pen out. My best friend and business partner, Josh, would love to speak to you. And so they, uh, he actually literally did that to me. Of course, at the time I didn't know. And I was like, amazing. Wow. <laughs> this is awesome. I talked to Josh. I somehow convinced them. They ended up pranking me on the first trip. The guys from College Humor do all these pranks. They ended up pranking me on the first trip. So we're at this big dinner. I'd like meticulously planned it. I'd never done an event before. And, um, and, uh, and, and here we are. It's like my big moment. I'm 23. I have these 20 people here. 
And I go to the restroom, and while I'm at the restroom, they apparently travel with this like beautiful white printed card. And on the card, it says, your attire is not appropriate to the standards of the club, and we ask that you change immediately. And there's like a little like dash. From it's management. Like management. Right? I have had that card before. Okay, yeah, so, came to me before. <laughs> so I come back, and I guess they told the whole room. Yes. Everyone be in on it. They told like the head, you know, maitre d' or waiter. And then I come back and I sit down and I'm like holding court. And of course, I'm dressed just fine. And they hand me the card and go, sir, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And, you know, hand me the card and walk away. And I think that's the whole gist of the prank is that they're not there to answer a question. You just get this card. It's like. You don't know who to talk to. You talk to other people in the room. They're like, dude, you better go change. Right. Like, I can't change. I don't have anything. I don't have any extra clothes. What am I going to do in the middle? So actually, yeah. when we did that trip, it was, uh, I forget the total cost. It was like tens of thousands of dollars. And I actually got sponsors to pay for most of it. So I lost a little bit of money, but I had this idea. If I get these people to come, I'll get, I got a venture capital firm and a, a real estate brokerage firm each to kick in a little bit of money. That covered most of the first trip. Then we went on to the second trip, and that was 60 people. Everyone from the first trip invited a couple mm -hmm. people. And after the second one was 60, the next one was 120, 250, wow. 750 was DC. And then from there, about three years after the first one was Summit at Sea. One. Yeah. I remember getting invited, actually. It was either the first DC event or an event before that. I remember getting invited, and I was like, yeah, I'm good right now. It wasn't good enough yet. Well, I'm sure it was <laughs> great, but I was just like, eh, it just didn't like appeal to me yet. And the DC event I was actually going to go to, but I had some other commitment already, so I couldn't go. Um, and then, um, yeah, Ryan Holmes and Dan Martell were like, dude, they're doing this thing on this cruise ship. You should come. I was like, all right, cool. I'm in. And it was mind-blowing, man. It was, it was crazy what you guys did. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host when you visit a state as big and diverse as texas there are a million different trips you can take let's say you've got an appetite for whitewater kayaking you can get your own so this is why they call it devil's river trip to texas or maybe you have an actual appetite I'll take a pound of brisket, six ribs, uh, three links of sausage, and a, a piece of pecan pie. Trip to Texas. Go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. 
Yeah, I think just, you know, what started with just getting 20 people and then mm. 60 and, you know, you get some speakers. I remember someone's like, you know, one thing you should really add to the events are content. We're like, mm. content? What were you doing before that? Just like I mean, the, and hanging out and like... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I didn't have any coach or yeah, anyone to yeah. teach you. I actually, it started because I actually never got invited to an event. I read about other events mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know how to get invited to that. So this is almost 10 years ago. Like I just didn't, I didn't even know what an event would be like. Right. I didn't finish college. So I wasn't educated <laughs> enough to know. There were no TED Talks. There's not, I mean, yeah. TED Talks wasn't a, you know, thing it wasn't a yeah. video series yet. And so we just tacked it out and then people would come and they'd give advice. And after a couple of years, we started putting in content, but then we started making the content, you know, deeper, more progressive, more thoughtful. Mm-hmm. We started having really cool panels. Um, like early on, we had, you know, <clears throat> John Legend, Mark Echo, Michelle Ree, Chancellor of the D.C. School District, and Wendy Kopp, founder of Teach for America, and we were doing education panel. Mm-hmm. We had early on seven NASA astronauts came, or Ishmael Bea, who wrote Memoirs of a Boy Soldier. Sean Parker came. We had um, Mark Cuban came. These were all in the early days. I got Ted Turner to say yes, and wow. then Blake from Tom's interviewed him, and I, I, I interviewed Russell Simmons at one of the early ones. And so we were, we were getting like really interesting people. And how are you getting these people? You know, it started with just from the 20. Yeah. And then the 20, someone introduced me to this person, to this person. And um, at a certain level, you can't cold call anymore. So you have to actually get introductions. Um, you know, you, you actually need people to va- who, who can validate your work. Because you can only cold call kind of people who are your peers or maybe a little bit up. Um, or maybe if they stay uh, are trying to prank their friend in like the college humor example. But otherwise, you need to get introductions. So we just built this great product and people really loved the event and they knew, hey, when Summit Series does an event, they deliver, they take it seriously. You know, there's, there's incredible execution. And I know the people that come are the real deal. You know, it's people like yourself who are there. And so the speakers say, yeah, I want to be a speaker to a cal- an audience of that caliber. And we always said, you can only speak if you attend. We didn't want people kind of parachuting in. So yeah, but it was hard. It was one at a time and momentum got momentum actually at that one right before somebody see Bill Clinton actually came. It's crazy. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. That was the easiest speaker we've ever had. Like most people they're you know, they have their advanced teams, they have yeah. all this nonsense and they need a confidence monitor. I'm like, what's a confidence monitor? Yeah. I can't afford that. And they're like, <laughs> oh, that's like a two screens that show the things in case they forget. I need all these seats reserved no. and I need this type of water. I need, and it's literally this ro- crazy, you know, l- list a- a- of demands like a, like you'd expect from a professional DJ. Well, right. I was prepared for when President Clinton spoke for, you know, get the teams ready, whatever he needs. And I remember talking to, is this in a case saying, all right, what? Talk, tell me about President Clinton. Well, what does he need? And they're like, um, well, he just needs to come through the back because he's the you know, former president with Secret <laughs> Service. But as long as he comes through the back and there's a nice route, all he needs is a microphone and a glass of water. And I'm like, right, right. But like, what else? Like, you know, what kind of stool does he want? What does he want the room layout? What does he want the lighting? What about how much time? He's like, yeah, you just get to the front. When you want him to stop, you do like that. And then he'll wrap up in five. And I'm like, but okay, does the water, does he need ice? And does he care about the coming? Yeah, just a mic and a glass of water and just call him out. He's really yeah. excited. That's cool. <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> and that was one of the best speakers Amazing. we oh, sure. have ever had. And Amazing. it was just an interesting thing because sometimes you have these speakers and they're like, they're not high profile at all. And they're just, who are they? How are they even speaking? They're listed demands. And yeah. we, we had someone who was traveling once, like stopping at us on an international trip and asked us to, to hold their wine. 
oh that they bought. And I'm like, what? This is crazy. <laughs> now, how did you land uh, uh, President Clinton? What was that like? Did you have to pay a huge fee? Was it more of like a relationship thing? Or Okay, so what happened was that about a year and a half before that, we did an event uh, with President Clinton to raise money for the Clinton Foundation. Mm. And so we got connected to President Clinton um, and we got a chance to set up an event, which is pretty wild. Again, I was like 23 years old at the time and got connected to them because they'd heard about our earlier events. Someone connected us and he was just interested in connecting with this, um, with the Facebook, Twitter, YouTube generation, right? I mean, that's, that's all new at the time, eight years ago. And, um, and he was really interested in connecting with them. And so we had this opportunity to curate people to meet President Clinton. And so we actually had a chance um, to, to pick the host venue. So we said, look, if we're going to host President Clinton, we want to decide where it's going to be hosted and we want to set up the whole thing. So we actually decided, you know, we really want Russell Simmons to host. And so we reached out to Russell Simmons. He was super interested in hosting. And then we wanted Tom, Tom Colicchio from Top Chef and so my, my co-founder, Jeff, actually went to Central Park and literally at like a multi-thousand person cook-off, just like screamed Tom's name, <laughs> Tom, you know, till he like came to the fence. Wow. And he was like, do you want to cook for President Clinton at Russell Simmons' home? And he's like, yes. And uh, so he made this amazing meal and we had all these incredible folks. And um, we brought about 75 people to meet, you know, President Clinton and hear remarks from him. And and uh, and then like a year and a half later, as we were doing this DC event, we reached back out and the time, the time worked for him to speak. And, you know, it's just each event has truly um, built momentum off the last event. So from that, we had, we actually had the people. And then going back to that earlier story, all right, we want to, we don't just want to now do a 1500 person event or get better speakers. Let's keep it surreal. Let like always got to change it up, right? Yeah, the path up isn't always more revenue or bigger names. It's not always the perceived path. The path, in our case, the path up and forward was just a radically different conference. Like, how are we going to stand out in the business conference world? I mean, come on, there's already so many business conferences. But on a ship in the middle of the ocean, summit at sea, its own brand, like that, and that changed everything like i don't think we appreciate it at the time but like giving it its own brand summit at sea and like there's something just crazy about it really people going on a in music festival and art cruise ship insane it was insane man insane it was amazing so the din the dinner you did with clinton or the gathering you did you essentially raised money from the 75 people you donated that to the to the foundation the foundation then he came back to speak because of that yeah, so yeah, and we that, also that we also it? made we also made another donation there. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, it, yeah, wow. yeah. It's amazing, man. Who's been the uh, the most interesting person you've had come through over the last eight ten years as a speaker or performer or because you've met a lot of interesting people. You've met presidents of other countries. You've had the biggest celebrities. You've interviewed Kobe Bryant to music stars to legends to everyone. We always have, um, I'll give a bunch of like really funny examples. So one time we're doing an event and someone's like, the president of Georgia wants to come. I'm like, <laughs> um, University of Georgia, state of Georgia, country of Georgia, like the country of Georgia. I'm like, interesting. I think I was there at this Tahoe, right? <laughs> yeah. They're I like, he, he actually <laughs> was going to go to Davos, but he, he heard about this summit thing. It's he likes the energy and he's a young guy. And we're like, yeah, that sounds amazing. 
we didn't understand like what it meant to have a president of a country. And he literally showed up with like a straight up, you know, armed security force. <laughs> I remember here. Yeah. It's like dozens of people with like machine guns. And like, I guess we thought there'd be some security and hold the fort down. It's like, <laughs> no, there's literally like people with insane weaponry. Right. And, um, and then, uh, <laughs> who's been amazing. Uh, so I went last year, I, I interviewed Kobe Bryant. He had an, um, there's just this gravitas that he brings. You can just feel it. It sounds like when you interviewed Tony Robbins, there's just certain people, they bring this energy and this presence that's, um, that you can't just create in a moment. You create it in a lifetime of hard work of like, you know, I imagine if you met with like a cultural icon, like you can just feel the weight of the room. Like we had, uh, we had Harry Belafonte in a conversation with John Legend, uh, uh, a year and a half ago and you can just feel the weight you know civil rights icon harry belafonte you can just feel it in the room like um we had herbie hancock this year and he actually went through and was listening to he had pre-picked his favorite songs we're in like a 1500 person theater and um he'd pre-pick songs and he would listen to the music in your seat with herbie like herbie you know, while he's like nodding, listening, and then you're hearing him describe the music that he'd written. And there's just this gravitas. So with Kobe, we go to China. He's, if not the biggest, one of the couple biggest celebrities in China. Someone said, you know, be ready for 50,000 people could show up. And, um, you know, what struck me about him was that his answers to his questions were answers I hadn't even fathomed could be real. So I'll give two quick examples. Number one, I always thought that pressure... And success under pressure is about embracing pressure. Like you realize there's pressure. Everyone feels pressure. Embrace it. The great people know how to deal with it. And pressure creates diamonds. I asked him how he dealt with pressure. And he just said, pressure is not real. Pressure is your ego. He, I haven't dealt with it since I can remember. And so it was just, it changed my entire reality. And the other was, I asked him about, you know, how do you deal with hard times? And I just always thought, including for me, that the best people just got through the hard times. Keep your head up. You know, stay positive. Get through it because you know what? All, all storms run out of rain. Get through it. And I think that's a very valid point of view. But his point of view was just, it never even occurred to me, which was, if you want to be great and you really want to learn when you're in the hard times, I know they're hard. You just, you have to be fully present and embrace those hardest moments. Why, what led you to get to that really hard mm. moment? You know, now that you're here, maybe you don't ever want to be back in that hard moment. Like what, what put you there and to actually like be present. And I mean, when I'm in hard moments, I'm just trying to get out of them. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, this is, I'm coming out of the reasons this is my fault and I got to get through it yeah. and I'll, I'll get done. And I, and just embrace it, feel it. Why did this thing get screwed up? Why did you get to a really unhealthy place with your diet? Why did you get to a bad place with your relationship? Just feel it and let the, all the weight of that hard moment sink in and embrace it. Mm. And he was just like, growth only comes from embracing hard moments. So sometimes you get these people and you're just like, wow, they, they really have, and you can tell it's not just like a quote, it's like this deep, deep knowledge that they've, Mm-hmm. that they've built on for, you know, a decade or more. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, an awareness. And that's cool that he goes through that during those hard times. Now, I'm curious. You went from, you know, 20-person dinners to bigger events to doing something surreal like someone at sea to building that up. And then all of a sudden you decide you want to build – you want to buy a mountain and build a city on top of a mountain. Now, why – how did this come about? Why? 
and why in Utah? Yeah, so about six years ago, a little bit less, I got I had a crazy meeting, and I met with I met with someone who'd been to Summit events before. His name is Greg Morrow, and we just met up for a coffee. It was actually right here outside of Los Angeles. So we met up for a coffee, just like you know, the idea never eat alone. Like meet with interesting people, get to know people, and uh, and uh, I went for a coffee. And uh, he told me, he's just like, I get Summit. I get the community. Um, you know, all events and communities have a brand. Like you're building something really special with School of Greatness and you have your own unique ethos, value system, culture. And what you're building is unique to you. And what Summit's building is unique to Summit. And what Coachella built is unique to Coachella. And what Burning Man built is unique to Burning Man. And what Ted built is unique to Ted. And everything is about owning and embracing your unique ethos and value system. And that's what we had done with Summit. Like we had this, you know, it was, you know, you could say almost like, you know, the Woodstock meets, you know, business conference meets, you know, Burning Man style event. And um, so I'm meeting with Greg and he really understands Summit. He says, you know what we really need to do? He goes, we have an opportunity. We could build place. Like there's actually really good precedent for building place. And I, I guess I'd kind of thought about it. But this idea, we started mind melding and this idea, like think about where we live and walk and go and all the towns we've been to. Like, why do they exist? Why does Brooklyn exist or Park City or, you know, you know, the west side of L.A. or the east side of L.A. or the hills or downtown, you know, all these different places, these different energies and ethos and vibe and values. And um, why do they exist and who built them? And, and either it's like a group of people just kind of moved to a neighborhood and it started to happen. You know, like you could, and, uh, or is maybe an individual or group that set out to build something. And so we started mind melding in this idea of building a place. And he said, you know, one of the most beautiful places I've ever been is called Powder Mountain in Utah. It's less than an hour from Salt Lake City Airport. It's an 80 minute flight from LA or San Francisco. There's a dozen flights a day, literally on the hour. It's the West Coast hub of Delta. And this place is stunning. And Powder Mountain is this 10,000-acre mountain range. This is in 2011. He's telling me it's basically the bottom of the recession. He's like, it's for sale. Like, it's, you know, a private equity firm bought it. They need to sell it. And, you know, he's like, I've been thinking about, you know, wanting to buy it. And he's like, you know, it just occurred to me, it could be with you guys. It's like, you know, my entire background is, you know, it's, it's venture capital. It's private equity. It's finance. He goes, you guys have built this community that is spectacular. Wow. We could partner and build a place. Crazy. Crazy. And I and, and what's crazier is I said, okay, let's go. During and the coffee meeting? During the coffee meeting. You didn't even meeting, have a conversation with your co-founders or anything? You just said. Well, I said, <laughs> okay. We talked for eight hours. So wow. I could so our one meeting turned into eight hours. So we asked every question possible. We went all over town. The meeting went to like six locations. And then I did, of course, I talked to my co-founder. I said, hey, guys, I had this crazy meeting um but i think we should buy a mountain <laughs> yeah i think we should buy a mountain i i mean i really do and they, oh, what's crazy is that the other three of them they they were like yes we should so what's even crazier is we flew there the next day like we didn't delay we didn't mm. we literally got on a plane and we just flew the next day and we met him there and we we just you know we rent we we he, uh, he picked us up at the airport on that trip. Winter we, or summer? What was it? 
snowing or no it was uh that was summer it was mid-july yeah um of mid-july of 2000 uh 2011 and uh and we get there and we, he just picks us up in the car. We don't have any contacts. We don't know how we're going to buy a mountain. We have no uh, background buying a mountain. We have no, we didn't know anyone at the mountain, but we just drove and we drove to the mountain. <laughs> like if I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. let's like look at, you know, real estate this properties. House. And we yeah, just yeah. drove up and there's like, you know, some chains down and like, you know, up and we just like walk past and we just started scouting and we, we saw the view and we're like, this is really interesting. This is, this is like I, it was crazy, <laughs> and, we're, and you were twenty what? Twenty six. Twenty six. Twenty six. So, um, so we get there and we literally just from that moment on. I think we stayed overnight at his house and we just went into mind meld mode of like, how can we buy it? And and so the thing is, it's how re- much was it? The offer, I guess. Yeah. Price. So. Um, all in, we ended up buying it for about $40 million. But wow. but here's the thing. So it's really easy to end a deal, end a relationship, kill a deal, like end an interview. Like our interview, if you want to end the interview, you're just like, Elliot, the interview's over. And you take the headset <laughs> off and you walk out. And I'm like, the interview's over. I'm leaving. That's it. It's that. Yeah. Anything can be ended in like under 30 seconds. It doesn't matter. I mean, literally, you know, almost anything. You want to end a friendship? It's like, hey, look, it's been great being friends with you after 20 years, but um, <laughs> I've decided I'm going a different way. Uh-huh. So it's easy to kill a deal, kill a relationship, end anything. The hardest part is like dreamscaping it and ideating it. And we just went into this like ideation mode where I think everyone in the room understood like, guys, this is crazy. If it doesn't work, we're just like, hey, we tried our best for a couple months, didn't work. So we just went into full dream mode. You know, I imagine, again, it's like starting a band. You want to start a band. It, if the band isn't successful, you just dismantle it after six months. That's the easiest part. The hardest part is just going for it. So we just went to this dreaming mode and we just went for it. Like we're in his little house in Eden, Utah, and we start going out there all the time. This is over a period of a couple months and he's coming to visit us and just all night, all night, like my three co-founders and I, you know, all night we're just literally 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., we're ideating, coming up. And meanwhile, we're like, well, you know, we're trying to meet people, going back to cold calling. We're like, all right, who knows the best land planners? Who knows the best this? Who knows the best architects? And we're starting, who knows the best lawyers? So one funny story is one of my co-founders, Brett Levy, after college, he went and he worked, believe it or not, in, um, he, we came, he worked in land sales. Like that was the only job I guess he could get after college, right? It's like, like we all have stories. You're saying you're... Yeah, we all have these stories. Like he worked in land sales, commission only in Virginia, like Northern Virginia, he was a land salesman. And uh he was just I think he left after like nine months. He was like, This is insane. Like why would I ever want to do that? What a like crazy. Who so he hadn't thought about it in like six or eight years. And so we're like, How are we gonna figure out how to buy ten thousand acres of land? And he was like, Actually, I used to be in land sales. Like I could call my old boss. Wow. So he calls his old boss who came on and advised us. And we just started, you know, in the same way as that original summit and cold calling people, we started putting together the pieces, you know, albeit at a bigger scale. And we came with a financing strategy. How are we going to buy this mountain? Mm-hmm. We came up with a plan. Like here's the amount of money that we need. Here's how we can raise the money. Here's how we can, de- you know, develop a town. We had this idea. We want to build the most progressive, 
beautiful designed town imaginable. What Tesla did to cars, we want to do to a town. Want to build this beautiful, just inspiring place for people from all over the world to, uh, to be able to come. When you visit a state as big and diverse as Texas, there are a million different trips you can take. Let's say you've got an appetite for whitewater kayaking. You can get your own. So this is why they call it Devil's River. Trip to Texas. Or maybe you have an actual appetite. I'll take a pound of brisket, six ribs, uh, three links of sausage, and a, a piece of pecan pie. Trip to Texas. Go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. And and how is it now? Amazing. So it's been yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been a few years. It's been, been almost six. Years. It's been almost six years. Yeah. So you got roads, you got houses, you got like a downtown, you got like a Soho, you got like everything in there, right? It's not that far. <laughs> so we own a Powder Mountain Ski Resort in Utah. Yep. It's ten thousand acres, the largest skiable mountain in North America. Wow. We've put in three new chairlifts. There's four restaurants during the season. There's three hundred incredible people that work on the mountain. Um, and, uh, and then we've partnered with the county. We've built about five and a half miles of roads, water, sewer, power, about a half a million gallon water tank. We have approaching 150 families that own home sites. We have eight homes that are under construction. Um, and then hopefully we'll be breaking ground on a few dozen homes this summer. Um, we have LOIs with hotels. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, literally moving month after month, nonstop, you know, building, building a city. A town, a a boutique town, (laughs) a small town um, at Powder Mountain. How many homes will be on there in the next five years? In the next five years, probably a couple hundred. A couple hundred homes on the top of the mountain? Yeah, so the mountain, when you get to the top, it actually cascades. There's these cascading plateaus, and it, it lowers about 400 feet in elevation. And so in this like secluded valley... Um, at the top of the mountain. So you have these incredible, um, you know, incredible four state views because you're in northern Utah. So when you look to the north, you look to Idaho and to the east to Wyoming. And when you look west, you're looking to Nevada because you're kind of in this, you know, northeastern Utah. So, yes, yeah, stunning views, stunning land. Um, and you're ski and ski out. And there's, we've built 25 miles of mountain biking and hiking trails. Um, we have this outdoor land art museum we're building. We have this vision to build the largest land art museum in the world. So it's just about, um, we have this expression we use called facts on the ground. So a fact is every time you do something, that's a fact. So we're just trying every day or every week or every few days, put a fact on the ground. So putting a piece of art or putting a new ticketing system on the mountain or changing a logo or putting new signage or getting a cabin started, like everything's a fact. And eventually when you have dozens of facts and then hundreds of facts, it starts to become something. And that's been something we've applied that term facts on the ground to everything. It's like one day you had zero podcasts and then one day you had five and then 10 and then a hundred. And then, you know, the rest is history. Like, but everyone started one day, Tony Robbins had never done a a seminar before. And it just started with one. So whether it's like a town or a podcast or Tony Robbins, like 
it all starts with, and I love that term, facts on the ground, because it's just like you start by doing. Uh, the vision, the vision is to build the most progressive, beautifully designed town in the world, and build a a boutique center of thought leadership, a place mm. uh, around entrepreneurship, a, a place around family values, and we've done a bunch of unique things. So we capped the size of the homes you can build. So you can't build a home bigger than forty five visible square feet, and the average homes are closer to two thousand square feet. So there's no mega mansions there, right? Almost the entire project is actually an urban walking town. So we have 10,000 acres of land. You actually don't want to put stuff over 10,000 acres. You basically want to make almost all of the land, you know, effectively um, beautiful, conserved, you know, landscape and, and let it be natural. And then you want everyone to be kind of in this clustered kind of Soho in the mountains. So this idea, you know, build this place where you can retreat to, you can meet inspiring people, eat healthy food, and, um, you know, you can replace uh, and be and be, we can be a place that speaks to a new generation and ethos mm. and mindset of people. Amazing, man! Amazing. So you're creating another surreal experience. Surreal. Now, how do you? You've gone from one thing to the next over the last almost decade. It sounds like. Is there a time where the mountain will no longer be surreal and you'll have to one up it and have like a whole state that you buy or something? I don't know, or country that you buy. Like, is there, is there ever like a limit, or if you, you know, what's the next step? Have we not gone that yeah, far? I don't <laughs> think uh, we're just really focused on this one thing. So, like, we're we're basic. We're just. Re I, I think the vision. So the thing about real estate, the vision to build a town is such a long project. So one of the things when you plan real estate is you you plan for seven generations. And so the, here's the interesting thing about real estate: like the best companies, the best in history, last for like thirty years or fifty years. Occasionally, you hear about a company that's like a hundred years old. But that's basically never, right? Like the best companies of our time that we see are going to be like 30 years or 40 years. So towns last for a hundred and cities last for hundreds of years. Like New York City is just getting started, right? And it's how many years old, you know, 400 years old, you know, like, you know, these, these towns and places last hundreds of years, but the, the, the challenge is they take decades to get going Long time, so yeah. you can't just throw up a splash page and have a beta product in, four, <laughs> in 45 days and yeah, yeah. you're humming in six months with you know a couple hundred grand of seed money like <laughs> right, right. it's a big upfront cost mm. and it takes you know a decade to have something amazing but once it's there it's generational like when people buy homes Talk about legacy this has been around for a long time yeah when people buy homes they have them for their kids and their mm. kids kids and you know, that's the biggest purchase people make in their lives. And who are some of the people that have homes or land plots there that you're allowed to talk about or that are public? Yeah, so the big vision is, again, to, to this, we're building a public town. We want, we want to reinvent what an amazing town could be. And people who've been coming to Summit events, people who are part of the Summit community, um, have, you know, Oh, oh, have bought home sites and are, are part of the community. So we've had anyone from Blake from Tom Shoes to Tim Ferriss to Richard Branson and his family. So we have over 100 families. Who, Yeah, it started with all home sites. So now we're actually starting to develop homes. But it started with all home sites. And then these folks will build, you know, really boutique, beautiful cabins or homes. Like the average home is, you know, 2,000 square feet. And a lot of these folks are building uh, 1,200 or 1,500 square feet, or 2,500 square feet, so. Amazing, that's so cool, man. And do you have a home up there yourself? 
Yeah, I have a little cabin that's almost ready that I'm hoping to wow. move into at the beginning of the summer. It's 1,500 square feet. Wow. And uh, yeah, just being in nature, being mm. in a place that can preserve nature, being in the wild, being yeah. there's just something that you show up and you just breathe the air and you're like, I feel creative. I feel alive. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, tell me about... I think it's inspiring. It's amazing what you guys are doing. And so congratulations on that. And I remember when you guys announced, I was like, how are they going to pull this off when you're doing it? So it's incredible. I'm curious about um, building relationships. You've had you know, a decade of experience building relationships with the highest level of individuals. And what is it about connecting with people that most people fail in doing? Because a lot of people are reaching out with influencers or people to come speak or be on their advisory board or invest or whatever it is. Why, what's the formula for making it work for you where most people fail at, at building relationships? And what's the best way to network moving forward? Well, my favorite piece of advice I ever got was listen. And so unless I'm being interviewed, I try to actually ask questions probably three quarters of the time. Mm. So I'm generally just not talking very much and I'm generally trying to ask questions. I'm trying to listen. And I would say it goes the same thing in building relationships, listening to people's, not just their needs, but also just like listening means understanding them. Like who are these individuals? Like understand at a high level, understand if someone's in a really busy phase of their career mm or is in a family phase of their career, or is in a wanting to meet a certain genre because maybe they want to invest in something. Yeah. And if you listen and you get to know people, you can have the right approach with interacting with them. Ha you know, it's like hands off and give them space. You know, it's, hey, let me help you with this. It's knowing when to email and when to, when to hold back. But it's, just, it's all about being super respectful. Mm. Um, I remember someone uh, told me... Told me uh, like this great quote about Michael Jordan, which was like, basically, you're either friend or fan. Like, and as soon as MJ realizes you're a fan, you're done. You're cut out. It's over forever. Like, if there's any inkling you're a fan, you're out. And, you know, you, I think, you know, you just have to make that decision. Are you going to be friends with people? And like, a friend means you genuinely care about them. That means, if you're a friend with someone, you're not trying to monetize them, you know? You're their friend. If you're a friend with someone, you're not trying to, you know, build your social profile by even forget posting on social, even name dropping them and name checking them around town. Like if you're a friend, you protect at all costs. If you're a friend, they inherently know you would do anything for them to take care of them, to look out for them. And when people say anything about them, you're there to defend them. So I think that like value of the word friend like I love to think about friend or fan because like that real definition and value of friend, if people know you're that person and you actually want to get to know them, it's very different than when you're like, all right, like guess what? All these successful people, they know that everyone wants something from them because they have so much to give. And when they get any inkling that like so-and-so's hanging around because they're waiting for that ask, they're waiting for that, going to make a sale or get they their company it, right? and they're going to get that company in the door. That's of course they're more successful than we are, so they probably have a better intuition than we have, right? right so right. I think so, yeah. Mm. And how do you manage and keep all the high-level relationships you have? Because you have so many people, thousands of people in the summit community now. How do you stay on top of it and and stay in touch with people and make sure you're not trying to make sure they don't have that feeling like you're trying to get something <clears throat> from them, but you're just being their friend. 
What's your process for that? I think the best way to stay in touch with people is is your product um, speaks for your engage is your engagement. So I, I often think of Apple. Like I don't need someone from Apple to like call me and check in on how I'm doing as a customer because the product speaks for itself. And I think of like often my the, the things that I have and use, and um, you know a. You know the the thing the place that I go maybe it's a great restaurant. I don't necessarily need you know a check in or or matron your waiter to ask because it's just such a good experience. And I think for us, like I'm always trying to maintain relationships. But everyone has their product. So your product is how you go about your day and business and life. It's it's your social profile. It's it's what you actually put out as a business and making sure like everything you're doing holistically, you know, 360 degrees reflects you and your values so that because people are hearing your name a lot more than you're able to touch base with everyone making sure that everyone's always hearing your name in a really great context so i'm obviously trying to reach out to people trying to stay in touch you know keeping lists of the people i really care about making sure i send them a text an email try to meet up be in their cities but i think for the most part making sure that like my values and who i am is reflecting that because if word gets out you know elliot lost his way elliot lost his values the summit product has you know, isn't at an A plus. It's you know, oh that thing fell that thing fell off. That that's gonna affect you way more than like checking in because you just check in and be like, yeah, good to good to talk to you again, man. Right. And secretly like have heard you know three bad things about you. Right, right, got it. I like it. What's something that's missing in your life? More wild nature. Like I really have fallen in love the last couple of years with wild nature, and I have that a lot in. Uh, at Powder Mountain and in Utah, but I just love nature and wildness. Like I was coming here um, and, you know, looking at the Hollywood Hills and, and I wonder if anyone's ever said this to you in your entire life, but I felt sad that those hills used to be filled with mountain lions and used to be just wild and like what this place used to be, you know? And, um, and I think there's something innate in each of us that is wild, right? And you can get it surf, you know, surfing in the ocean. You can get it being outside. But just, I think w- what I'm missing is I want to connect. Like one of my goals for years, I want to connect more to wild nature. So that's 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 uh, cool. Yeah. That's cool, man. Well, we got to play fr- ultimate frisbee a few weeks ago, and it always feels good just to be in the grass, man. For me, you know, as being in a city, it's like you're never in grass. And whenever I get to play in grass, even just run in it or just put my feet in, it's like wow. You yeah, know, you you forget sometimes what it's like. So it must be beautiful when you're just out in your cabin every day and you look out and you're in the mountains. You can do whatever you want up there. So that's amazing, man. What um what is it you want people to know about you? I love playing pranks. Okay. <laughs> and I love being uh silly and I love being super exuberant. And uh, doing really crazy things. Like I'm always like, um, like if I meet a random person, I'll like buy them a, and they tell me their dream. I'll try to like fulfill their dream. So like I'll meet someone they haven't gone on a vacation in 15 years and I'll like send them on a vacation or I'll like get from like stuff like that to like getting someone a book that I know they want. Or like I'm always trying to like glean little tidbits or if someone needs like a spark of magic in their life, I'll orchestrate like a one month like crazy prank on them wow this is and like some game like from the game the I, movie. I don't know if you've seen that movie no i, you I seen the game 
No, I haven't seen it. Where a guy like needs more adventure in his life, so he pays an ex- like extraordinary amount of money to this company. It's like, okay, for the next month, your life is going to be changed. And he goes on like this wild like chase where he's getting like shot at, and there's like all these actors involved, and it's like an all, a huge prank at the end of the day. But wow, puts well, him at this like whole other level of experience in life. Well, life is so serious. Like mm. life is so serious. There's no way about that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm on the, I'm, I'm super. You know, on the ground, aware of everything that's happening. Like, there's no way in the day and age we live in to not be disturbed and frustrated every day, all day, if you let yourself be that, right? So, in no way does anything I'm doing trivialize the reality of what's happening every day. But I think you have a choice to go through your life being super positive and exuberant and bringing the best out. Um, or getting sucked in. It's, it's just really hard to get sucked in. Unless I'm listening to, you know, to Lewis all day, <laughs> you know, it's it's hard. You know, yeah, the yeah. media just, you know, it, the Facebook feed, it just pulls you in. It so does, yeah. That's cool. That's been really fun and for me and inspire the people around me, bring the people mm. around me together. And I it's like just that. like Did know. you get inspired by Buried Life in any way? Those guys that? are amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely – Definitely. I met them at someone at sea, and I've become friends with them. And yeah, but they did that on the show where they were like trying to make someone's dream come true. And yeah, it's it's amazing how um, how easy it is to do in your day to day life. Like taking mm-hmm. the, what they do was more elaborate than anything I could ever hope for. Um, but pulling those little things, you know, into your life uh, and into the, the the real world we're in mm-hmm. is is mm-hmm. it's really powerful. Yeah, with everything that you know. All the people you've met, all the stories you've heard, all the adventures you've been on. You've been to how many countries now? How many have you been to? Like 70, 100 countries, something like that. A lot. All the experiences you've had with the smartest people in the world, the most entertaining people, the most athletic people, the top, top, top of people in the world. What's the biggest lesson you'd want to share? Adventures only happen to the adventurous. And I apply that quote to all aspects of your life, not just like, you know, a trip adventure. It's, this is like my life mantra. It's all adventures because everything's an adventure. Like if I hadn't come to LA to be here with you, like this is an adventure, like coming up here and, you know, coming to the studio and meeting, you know, meeting your team and spending, you know, time with you. Like who knows where this can now manifest itself out and what could come from this. And so, um, unless you're going to like, if you don't go on the adventures, you hit a cap. But when you go on an adventure, what's on the other side isn't just a little bit better or even two times better. It could be exponentially better because when you go on an adventure, that's like I just got married this past summer. Like that's how you get like fall in love, and then that's exponential. Like you can't quantify the adventures because the adventures lead to new best friends. They lead to new ideas. So it's like there is that element of like. It's not just 2X. When you open yourself up and you go on the adventures, all these things happen. I got to Powder Mountain. You know, I made the cold calls. I turned around instead of going to class. You know, I did Summit at Sea instead of a regular conference. You know, all those things. The the adventures only happen to the adventurous. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, What's the question you wish everyone would tell you or more people would tell or ask you? Sorry, the question you wish more people would ask you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you wish people would ask you more about or uh, that you wish you could share more of? I guess just living your living your best and truest self. Mm. Being uh being your most authentic self, best self, um 
yeah, and from and 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 opening yourself to those adventures. I think I think living exuberantly and positive. That's just kind of that. That's kind of me. But not everyone has to be that. But the adventure part, like everyone, can go on adventures and can open themselves up to the possibilities in their life, in their work, and their weekends. Right. At um, any moment, yeah. At any moment. I guess asking, ask me, ask me about adventures. Okay. Okay. What's the craziest adventure you've been on, then? Besides the last ten years, <laughs> or with the, if you had one moment in the last ten years, it's like telling. It's like when people ask who's your favorite guest you've had on. For me, it's like they're all amazing. So I understand because you've had a, probably a lot of crazy adventures. But is there one that stands out? Um. Yes, there is. There is one. So. In uh, about about two years into the into the found into the founding of Summit, I had these three co-founders, mm-hmm. and um, we read the four-hour work week, and it changed our entire life. We didn't know that you could do that, and I mean, we'd gone on like family trips, but I'd never really left the country. And we just said, hey, we're going to go to Costa Rica. Like, we're going to go work from the road. We're going to go for a couple of weeks. We were planning one of those events before Summit at Sea. And we went for a couple of weeks. We just rented a house. It was super affordable. And we were doing all of our work. We were surfing in the mornings. And, um, and we were there for a couple of weeks. But we kept hearing, you got to go to Nicaragua. got to go to Nicaragua. So we, um, so we rented a car. And we just drove across the border and we drove from Costa Rica to Nicaragua and you got this little surf town, San Juan del Sur. And um, we posted up there for like a month and a half. And uh, I mean, we'd never been outside the country for that long, ever. I mean, my like 10 days is the longest I'd ever been on a family trip. And uh, it was like a couple of months outside the country. And um, I would say that was like one of the big defining points in my life that uh it like it broke that 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 barrier like we were so close like i didn't have to read the four work week after i read it i could have said ah you know we're not going to go anywhere i could have gone to coast Rica and then come back but to just go there and then rent the car and then kind of continue that journey and um and to know i got back everything was still around where i got back um it was transformative you know it was, it was really really transformative i'm a big i'm a really big believer in travel, in conscious, aware, immersive travel to change your life. And it doesn't have to be out of the country. It can be getting in a car and driving up the PCH. It can be driving, you know, from where I live, you know, I live at Powder Mountain, Utah. I can be in southern Utah and Zion in four hours or Glacier National Park in 10 hours. Or you can go to the Salmon River in Idaho in five hours. Like, you know, every weekend is an opportunity. You know, I'm like the person where it's like Friday at 5 p.m. and I'm like, all right, guys, we don't have anything till Saturday night. Like, we have 36 hours. Right. Let's go to Joshua Tree. Let's go here. Let's I mean, go anything. Like, how do I get to Catalina? How do right. I, whatever. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, whatever, you know. So, I think for me, that was, it wasn't always like that. Mm. And that kind of opened those possibilities. It's like, I remember starting that trip and I'm like, I can't be gone for this long. What if I just see a doctor? <laughs> you know, it's like, right. ah, there'll be a doctor somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, um, like I, when we went on our honeymoon, we were thinking, what should we do for our honeymoon? We just went to Africa for a month. 
and um, we went to South Africa for two weeks and Kenya for two weeks. And we just, we went deep. We went, you know, we rented a car. We went all the way. And it's like, you know, mm. I live in America. I don't live in Africa. I want to explore new places. I want to meet people. Yeah. People everywhere are amazing. Yeah. And um, when you go on these adventures, you make friends, you make connections, you get ideas. Um, I love it. Yeah. That's great. Okay, final couple questions. Uh, this is called the three truths. And you may have already answered one of them, but three truths is if this is the last day for you many, many years from now and um, everything you've created is erased for whatever reason, it's gone. Everything you put out there, content, books, the city, it's all just gone for whatever reason. Uh, and you have a piece of paper and a pen. You get to write down your, your final three truths or the lessons that you would share with the world and that's all that the world would have to remember you by, at least three truths. What would be yours? Well, when I was... 12 my tennis coach for my birthday gave me a book jonathan livingston siegel and in the book was inscribed for he who believes all things are possible and i mean i ne i couldn't bless like my first motivational quote i ever got so that would be that would be quote one um my second would be the word listen and my third would be you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time around. Mm, those are great, man. Great reminders, great lessons. I like that. Um, before I ask the final question, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Elliot, for your incredible uh, ability to dream. You've dreamed so big for the last decade, and it's impacted millions of people's lives because of your ability to dream and your ability to connect and your audaciousness to go out there and do the things that you can think of and figure out how to put the pieces together and inspire uh, a, a movement along the way. And uh, I think it's really cool, everything that you've created. And I'm really appreciative that it's, it's all happening to a, a good human. And your heart is well-intended. And every time I'm around you, it's always like positivity. You bring positive energy to the world. I've never seen you get like angry at anyone. You know, no matter what, if we're playing Ultimate Frisbee or you're like interviewing President Clinton or whatever's happening. When we're, I remember going up on the uh, the mountain with you when they were like breaking the roads and you were like just so excited about the possibilities. So that childlike passion, that dream, and that execution that you have is uh, is something to be acknowledged. So I acknowledge you for all that, my man. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Where can we connect with you, Summit Series, learn more about everything that you're up to? Uh, if someone wants to attend Summit Series, how can they get involved or, you know, all that? Yeah, everything is at summit.co, S-U-M-M-I-T dot C-O. Awesome. They can get a ticket for the next event, which is going to be like a town you're building in Los Angeles or something, and all this other stuff's happening, yeah, right? Yeah, the next event is uh, in November of this year in uh -huh. downtown Los Angeles. We... We love the possibilities of downtown. You can. Mm -hmm. We thought we could actually do something more surreal than Summit at Sea because of the wow. just the amount of venues and options there, the amount of theaters and spaces and warehouses and fields and amazing. Yeah, that's cool. So Summit.go, go check it out. I'm telling you, it's going to be a life changing experience if you guys go um, and learn more there. Now, the final question is: What's your definition of greatness? Achieving your purpose and your I get and your dreams, but it's not. It's very specifically not about making money, 
and it's not about how big something is. And if your purpose and dreams are at any scale, as long as that's your your true purpose. Um, I also believe in inherent good and inherent evils. And I think, you know, ensuring that your greatness is on the good side and that you're really doing something good in the world. Elliot, thanks so much. Thank you. There you have it, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with your friends. LewisHouse.com slash 445. Tweet it out. Post it on Facebook. Share it on Instagram. Tag me at Lewis Howes on Instagram story when you're listening to it and let me know what you're thinking and I'll reply to you over there as well. Guys, people need to hear this one. This is a powerful one. So make sure to give Elliot some love by sharing it out. Again, if you're on your podcast app, you can just click on the share button on iTunes or on SoundCloud or Stitcher and tweet it out, post it on Facebook or the direct link is lewishouse.com slash 445. And let me know what you thought. I want to hear your thoughts about this. And let me know the biggest takeaway you got as well. That's right. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. It doesn't matter how young, how old you are, how little experience you have, or how much experience you have. If you can dream big and you bring passion and energy to every decision that you make, you are going to attract people into your sphere. You're going to attract people into your movement, into your being. And you're going to be able to use that to create something magical, something surreal like Elliot talks about. And the more surreal experiences you can create for others, the more people are going to be attracted to you and your message and whatever it is you're looking to create, to sell, to to deliver to the world. It doesn't matter. But what you've got to have and what I love about Elliot is he's got this mind of possibilities. It doesn't matter if it seems crazy to buy a mountain. He did it anyways. It doesn't matter if it feels crazy to create a new city of a city that he dreams of what could be the ultimate city to live in. He's doing that. It doesn't matter how crazy your dream is. The key is to dream as big as you can and then go do it. Attract the people, the resources, the tools you need to take action. This is only one life, guys. Only one time right now. Don't waste the next year or five years or 10 years when you think you're going to be ready. You're never, ever going to be ready to do something outrageous. The time is now. Step into it, lean into it, and take massive action with a positive mind and attract what you need to make it happen. I love you guys so very much, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. When you visit a state as big and diverse as Texas, there are a million different trips you can take. Let's say you've got an appetite for whitewater kayaking. You can get your own. So this is why they call it Devil's River. Trip to Texas. Or maybe you have an actual appetite. I'll take a pound of brisket, six ribs, uh, three links of sausage, and a piece of pecan pie. Trip to Texas. Go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. 
flights, hotels, cars, transportation. It's all right there. With one travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. The most exciting part of a vacation stay at a home rental? Easy. It's being greeted upon arrival with a rusted lockbox affixed to the underside of a stranger's condo. Yeah, you simply twist knobs, click gears, jiggle it, and then rip it off its moorings, and voila! Your prize is a key to a questionable home rental and maybe tetanus. When you just want to get your vacation started by actually getting into your room, it matters where you stay. At Hilton, we deliver your key right to your phone on the Hilton Honors app. Hilton for the stay. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.